All right, everybody. This is going to be a very, very quick and simple intro today. We had David Mello on, the children's librarian at Fall River Public Library, local artist, actor, singer, and overall just incredibly influential person and a wonderful human being. Enjoy the episode. I can safely say that this was probably one of my favorite episodes that we have done and you will see why very shortly enjoy your holiday season have a merry christmas happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa whatever it is that you celebrate enjoy it and enjoy this story sure we'll start with a story yes (laughs) it feels very appropriate for this episode. Yes, especially for this time of the year, right? Again. And uh, what better story uh, to uh, share than the night before Christmas? Um, in my opinion, no Christmas gathering, especially one with children, is complete without uh, a rendition of this particular tale. And it has quite an interesting hi- history. It was written by Clement Clockmore in 1823. And it was uh, written as a gift, really, to his own children at the time. And legend has it that he was going Christmas shopping in New York in an open sleigh and the snow falling about. And you can kind of picture the scene in your head. And that's where he primarily composed most of the poem. And again, it was written just as a gift for his children that year. Uh, but uh, a friend had caught in wind of the, of the tale and uh, just uh, was quite taken by it. So without Clement Clark Moore's uh, being aware of it, he submitted it to the uh, New York Troy Sentinel that Christmas, and it was published anonymously, and it was a huge sensation. People just immediately fell in love with it. And um, it, 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 it didn't really please Clement Clockmore all that much because, you see, he was uh, quite a learned guy. He was a professor of Oriental and Greek literature in New York, and he was a serious poet, a serious writer, and this was just a bit of frivolity. He didn't want to be connected with it. And uh, so for the next 10 years, this appeared in papers, local papers throughout the country. It just spread like wildfire every Christmas. People looked forward to reading it in the newspaper. And it was a way for families to celebrate the, you know, the, um, uh, the Christmas spirit at home. And it wasn't until 1837 that uh, it appeared for the first time published in, in papers with Clement Clockmore's name on it. And people finally found out who was responsible for this new holiday classic. And he really didn't live up to it until it was in 1844 when he published a selection of his own poetry, and he included this in that selection. So he finally kind of lived up to it. And, um, you know, I I guess most people will be hard-pressed to remember anything else uh, in the... uh, venue of poetry that Clement Clockmore was uh, responsible for other than a night before Christmas. So it was his shot at immortality, and and he really made it. And it really is a Christmas classic. I I can't, again, imagine a gathering. uh, I'm a children's librarian, as you might know, and a Christmas event is never complete without sharing it, and it still never fails to um, delight children of all ages when when they hear it. And so without further ado, I give you The Night Before Christmas. An interesting, uh, just I'm going to be glancing at the book that I have right here. This is actually, it's not the actual copy that I first had as a child, but it is a, a little golden book. You remember the little golden books? They're still those. out you there. Don't you love them, those? Yeah. And um, this is a, an actual version of the one I had that I grew up with, and it was my... Uh, my first introduction to the night before Christmas. And I, I came upon it a number of years ago, and I just, I just fell in love with it all over again. So without further ado, the night before Christmas. It was the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of 
sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. The moon, on the breast of the new-fallen snow, gave the luster of midday to objects below. When, what to my wondering eyes should appear, but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer with a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his courses they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the courses they flew, with a sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkle, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each tiny hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur, from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his sack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry, his cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke, not a word, but went straight to his work. He filled all the stockings and then turned with a jerk. Then, laying a finger aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. And I heard him exclaim as he rode out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. The Night Before Christmas by Clement Clockmore 1823. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Woo. Yes. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh. I I felt like I was seven years old again. Me and too. Yes. I was at Definitely. the Fiverr Library. I was going to say, I don't think this is the first time I've heard him read this. No, me either. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so either. My, my mother used to bring me to the library for story times. Oh my God. Thank you for I'm... making me feel old. Oh, I'm me so too. sorry. My, no, my... I mean, you made me feel young. Very, yeah. very young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My parents brought me too. Like that was probably one of my earliest memories, and just yeah. 
That was awesome. I, I went right back. Thank you so <laughs> well, much. Well, thank you. Oh, wow. That Felt like terrific. a kid again. And an interesting <laughs> thing about the story, too, uh, we, we take it for granted that um, uh, this was, uh, you know, we, we think of uh, Santa Claus in, in the way that we do, you know, the red hat and the, the, the trimmed fur and the, the large, jolly old elf figure. And this is largely responsible to this poem here. He really established the, um, the essence of how we envision the, the Santa Claus character, the St. Nicholas wow. character. And, well, the visual artist also that helped establish that look even further was the American illustrator Thomas Nast, who really, really uh, gave all the visual cues there that makes the, the modern Santa. So the two of them together, they, they really um, um, created this character. Did he come up with that kind of on his own, or there, was there were, were there hints of that elsewhere in culture? If you know, well, in, he's referred to Saint Nicholas in um, uh, the Night Before Christmas uh, as you you know Saint Nick, not as Santa Claus. And our images of Saint Nicholas was basically as the uh, the, the the kindly religious filter in religious garbs. That's basically how we envisioned him up until this point. And it was um, Clement Clark Moore that um, creates this elf-like image. You know, he's a, he's a jolly little fat man and, uh, and the white beard and the and the suit. And, and it's also his creation of giving Santa Claus uh, the, um, the the reindeers as a, as a means of traveling about the world. We, we don't see reindeers introduced until the night before Christmas. So wow. he was responsible for a lot of those images that we, um, uh, we take for granted. Incredible Not to think about. Not only is the story a staple, so many... They have the new Santa Claus's television show on Disney mm-hmm. yep. that's constantly referencing like so much stuff from here. I specifically think about it when he the nod is what brings him up the chimney. Right, right. And I know I've seen that in like laying the finger popular, aside of his right. nose. And, yes, right. It's right. it's it just like it's so great to see that in this these modern interpretations of Christmas stories that they're still paying homage to the original right. story. In and that they way. still try to keep a little bit of the original essence yeah. there. Yeah, oh, it's so great. Yeah. And it's wonderful, wonderful to see uh, again being a librarian, and uh, um, I've been doing it for a long time, and. Um, every year, you always have these new versions of um, A Christmas Carol coming out. There's just so many ways that um, artists and uh, have envisioned the, uh, the the story mm-hmm. and the representation of Santa and the um, and the locations that that they put him in. It's still a source of great influence and inspiration to artists and musicians. And, yeah. When you consider how old it is and it's never lost its impact, it's uh, quite fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing because there's not many things at the holiday times that you can watch, read, or talk about that makes everyone feel nostalgic. Mm -hmm. But this has been around for so long that we can read it at the house on Christmas Eve and my parents feel nostalgic. My grandparents right. feel like everyone's yeah. heard the story yeah. for so, so long. Mm-hmm. As you said, it takes you back. And it, it's one of those things. And uh, I don't know how many of those experiences we can have that can take you back to when you were a child. Even if just for the few moments that the story is being read and make you uh, feel the way you felt on those early Christmases in your life. Um, sitting by the tree, opening up your presents. And uh, bringing back that essence of a of a time when you yourself believed in Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, so it it really never fails to take you back when you when you hear the story. I'll tell you one of the things I've noticed. Um, one of the minor things that has changed when Clement Clark Moore wrote the story originally in 1823, he ends it "Merry Christmas to all," and to all a good night. Well, originally it was "Happy Christmas to all." And to all a good night, but the um, uh, the the greeting of Merry Christmas became so prevalent over the years. They replaced wow. that last uh, stanza with Merry. If you look at this one, this is from the original. It will say Happy Christmas to all and to all a good night, which oh, we're yeah. not familiar yep. with. Wow! You know, we, so that's one of the minor things, and one of the more more recent things I've noticed in maybe the past ten years. A lot of the children's books, um, the, the reissues, they will leave out one stanza. Not everyone does it, but they will leave out one stanza, and that is, the stump of a pipe he held tight in his oh. teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. <laughs> I guess they don't want to give that 
you know, sure. you know, Santa Claus smokes a pipe. Maybe I'll smoke one when I yeah. they don't when I turn when I turn exactly. ten. Yeah, they don't they don't push that. Yeah, uh, I, I get it, but it's unfortunate. I, I uh, that it, it, that it was left out. It's it's just a reflection of the time. You know? Sure, but um, yeah. but uh, but those are a couple of the changes that I'm aware of. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. That it's mm-hmm. it's largely maintained its original yeah. language and is still accessible uh, today as yeah. well. There, there. I think there there aren't a ton of examples of that that I can think of really that are you know yeah, two hundred years old almost. Yeah. and and. And Still. I know there are several versions of it that were actually set to music. Um, I remember oh. in elementary school when I was a child, it was during those Christmas assemblies. I remember we had to we had to learn it one year. So uh, I, I know there's at least one um, musical. I, I know there's more than one where they've set it to music. So sure, yeah, so cool. Oh, that's really interesting. What well, a great way to start. That was, <laughs> you know, what that was. Absolutely incredible. I mean, you can see that you have read it before. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> without a doubt, One, once but or like, twice, but yeah. like a couple times before. Y- you can see also that you just enjoy. I love like, it. You you really do love it, and that's I, great. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I thank you. No, for, my for pleasure. All of I, us. I mean, I appreciate the invocate, invitation to come on board and sharing it with everyone. What, and I just apologize for my voice because, as you know, I'm I'm struggling with a, a, a very bad asthma condition right now. But uh, was it interesting reading that story to three grown men just sitting around <laughs> you, smiling, ear smiling to ear. like kids? I saw three twelve-year-olds. Okay, that's, what that's I saw. awesome. That is great. Because that's how I felt. That's that is great. exactly how I felt. Last year, uh, I was um, involved in the, uh, the the citywide lighting of the tree at Government Center, mm. and I had the opportunity to share it uh, just before the lights went on the tree. Um, I. Um, I, I did a rendition of it uh, in front of, oh my goodness, there had to be at least 300 people there. And it was just, it was a, you know, it was a perfect winter night, chilly, there was hot chocolate being served, and children were making Christmas uh, crafts. Um, Santa Claus was there, and I got to share, um, uh, I got to read it aloud up from the, um, uh, the uh, government center steps, and it was just an absolute thrill, you know, I just, I just, ate it all up i loved it uh, i i really do love sharing the story so david you mentioned it and i'm curious to learn about how you became a ch- uh, a children's librarian it it, it wasn't um it, it wasn't uh my it wasn't essentially in the cards for me. Um, what I had gone to school with to study uh, was uh-huh. um, I went to school for illustration and design, uh, which I did do for a, a number of years while still working at the library. I, I started uh, in, in high school. Uh, okay. my, my senior year in high school, I went to Durfee, and it was just uh, my um, you know part-time job. I started there. Um, when I went to college, which was SMU at the time, you met... You, UMass Dartmouth now. Um, I, I kept the position. And um, when I graduated, I just stayed on. Um, I, I worked part-time for uh, as a, a freelance illustrator at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I guess, newspaper editorials. I worked um, uh, advertising. Whatever jobs came along, I did. And I did that for a number of years while working full-time for the library. Um and I, I started out um, at the uh, what was a small branch library in the east end of the city, the East End Library. I went then to the south end of the city to the second, uh, another branch. I was offered the um, uh, librarianship there, which I took, stayed there for a couple of years, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then an opening came for the children's librarian at the uh, Fall River Public Library. And um, uh, people were, you know, at the main library saying, there's an opening here. Come on down, apply for the position. Think you'll be good for it. I said, no, I, I, I'm happy here at the South End branch. And uh, and I knew I'd, uh, I'd have to do children's programming and read to children. I said, no, I don't want to read to children. That's okay. I don't, I, I don't want to do that. I'm happy here. I don't want to do children's programming. Well, uh, you know the old saying, never say never? Mm-hmm. Well, um, long story short, I took the position and... I'm so happy that I did. 
looking back um, because it, it um, I, I just fell in love with the position. I've been there for, I've been with the library now for, it's going to be 40 years. Wow. And um, wow. that became the, the part of the job I love the most. I love reading to kids. I love doing all the, the, the family programs. I love seeing families coming in together, bringing their children into the library, sitting in the rocking chairs, sharing books together, reading, doing the crafts that we do at the library. Um, just, just families coming in and enjoying just the simplicity of sharing time together, sharing books without any... Uh, you know, I've got nothing against video games or any technology, but just the simplicity of just the books with the parents and children sitting beside them listening to stories, doing story time with the kids, um, doing little uh, puppet shows and stuff like that. Um, children are, you know, children are children for such a brief time. And yeah. I, I like celebrating that. And that's what the library does while introducing children to literacy and the beauty of books and the wonders that come about with the simplicity of just sharing a story and what that can open up in a child's life. And um, it, it's become the, the part of my job that I love the, the most, sharing the books with children, going out to the school, sharing stories. Um, it's, been, um, it, it's, it's been a wonderful time. I, I, I'm one of those people that I can... I've said this year after year. I go to work, and um, uh, it's not work to me. I love what I do. I love getting up in the morning, and uh, it's not a boring job. But some people might think, well, what a boring job that is, working in a library. Not by any means. Not by any stretch of the imagination. And um, I just have a great time doing what I'm doing. And um, and and it's I'm glad I, I fell into it, you know. It's just one of those things, and, uh, you know, you, you, it's not uh, – the goal that you set in life, but it's you fell into it, and it's one of those um, happy things that you fell into. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've met some wonderful people there. Some of my uh, best friends uh, at the uh, the library throughout the years. I I met my wife there. Um, it uh, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience. And it is a uh, if you're familiar with the library, it is just a grand building that we have in Fall River. It is um, a beautiful, beautiful palace um, celebrating cultures, celebrating art, celebrating literacy, and um, and it's just all held together in that beautiful, beautiful building, one of the gems of the city. Yeah, I, w- um, I would say so. And, you know, just reflecting back on, on children's books, like, I think there's something to be said about I bet everybody has several children's books that they remember, that they can quote, that they oh, can at right. least, you know, sure. get something from. And that's that's kind of that's a profound impact of of literature. I can't think of I can't think of a ton of books that I've read as an adult that have had that lasting impact. I mean, I have a giving tree tattoo. Like <laughs> like, you know, so so I think I think there's something to be said about that that we can't um diminish i think that's really important to say that you know there is a there is a a, a very important place in the world for for children's literature uh, of course and, and and when you look at uh, you know um um t- t- modern culture um the, the the programs that we see on tv uh plays um music they're all so so many of um the, the, the modern day adult entertainment is is influenced by children's literature yeah i mean just just look at the number of musicals out there that bear um some of the more successful ones that bear their um their success to um to children's literacy we grow up with these stories and there's a part of these stories that no matter how old we get, they still resonate with us. They're our earliest introduction to literacy, to, yeah. uh, to, to hearing stories, and they just they stay with us and we maintain them and we find a way of working them into our adult lives. And uh, Yeah, and it's probably the truest, um, old, it's, it's probably the only modern medium that we have that is so close to the, you know, the thousands and thousands of years of storytelling in mm-hmm. cultures mm-hmm. you know it, this is probably the closest thing we have to it in modern society that 
that stays so true to what cultures were built on for thousands of years, you know? Sure. That, that's super interesting to right. think about, that this is still so true to that, that you can stand in front of somebody and captivate with, you know, what you just did for us. You know, you, you just told us a story. And I mean, there's cultures where the storyteller was the, the held to the highest regard. Oh, they, were yeah. the, they were the center of the communities. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Native American cultures, um, um, uh, they, the storyteller, they were responsible for main, not only entertainment, but teaching. Yeah. Uh, maintaining the um, the history of uh, the different tribes, it was all up to them, and and they took their jobs very seriously. And went then before they would pass on, they would find someone within the community that they knew was a good listener and uh, would carry all these stories, uh, you know, throughout their life with them and and share them with the yeah. with their different tribes. Mm -hmm. And it was it was a it was a very important part of the um, uh, of. Of these of these different cultures, sure. Yeah, take us under your wing. You know, you know. In twenty years, when you retire, pass on the knowledge to us. You know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We will become the the storytellers of the future. <laughs> well, you know, there's only there's only one um, only one quality you have to have, and that's to to be a good listener. Uh, well, a couple of qualities: be a good listener and um, love love the stories. Yeah. Love sharing them, and uh, um, that's that's all you really only have to do is uh, to be a good storyteller. I think. Yeah. So, have you ever thought of? I don't know if you've seen these before. Uh, there's been a, a uh, at least in the last five or six years, uh, like a like a single person per performing almost all of Christmas Carol in its entirety. I don't know if you've seen any of these renditions. I've never seen it. I I've heard. I don't know if you've done it anymore. You've probably heard of this, but. Um, I'm trying to think of the actor's name, but from Star Trek, he was John Luke Picard. Um, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Thank mm -hmm. you, thank you, thank you. I heard uh, you've probably heard this too. I know he's older now. I don't know if he still does it, but he was well known uh, for uh, one of the Broadway theaters. You'd have to catch it. He would do it one performance, one day. He would perform a Christmas Carol at one of the theaters. Have you heard this? No. He would perform it for just one day every Christmas season, um, where he would take on all of the characters. And uh, the, I've, I've never seen it done. I've never heard of him do it. But I always heard from everyone that he was just absolutely stunning. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, just his voice is. is sure He's got a great voice. Yeah. 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 Wow, that would be amazing to but, see. Can um, you imagine what a bear to tackle that. yeah yeah but um um i i again i don't know if he does it anymore because i know he's up there in years but uh it was it uh, i've heard it he didn't had done it for many many a year um just one performance and that was it and if you were lucky enough you would you would get into the theater wow wow that'd be incredible to see um so you wear so many different hats too like this is the thing that is remarkable about you i think is that you are a great artist you're a great actor you can sing and you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna laud you here a little bit and just tell you how great you are but like and then you do it well, in such a humble way though to yeah. david which is like remarkable it's just like you just show up well I, I, and you're I, like i'm here to work and i i like what i like what i'm doing well i don't know about being I a great actor, not certainly not a great singer. I, I what I do, I, I just like what I'm doing. You know, yeah. Um, I I enjoy when I when I go in to the rehearsals. Um, I just I first of all, I'm always grateful that I've been included in a production. Okay, I consider myself very lucky to get in because uh, there's such such wonderful talent there. So I, I'm just grateful to be amongst all that. But um, I'm just. I'm just having a good time. And I know many times I, I'm, I'm just sitting back and I'm just in the chair. I'm observing everything. But I'm having a great time just watching everybody mm -hmm. perform as an ensemble. I get, I get a thrill from that, you know? And um, no, I disagree with you. I'm not a great actor, a great singer or anything like that. But <laughs> I, I, if, if anything, I, I just, I, I hope that, Whatever I, I, I share on stage is just the enjoyment for being on stage because I, I love doing it. 
as you can see, I love sharing stories. I, uh-huh. I, I, I love performing, even though I'm, uh, you know, I'm not a great performer, but I, I, I love it. I love doing it, you know. So, and it's something, um, it's something I never did um, when I was. In, I always admired um, performers in high school. I never performed in high school or junior high. I was way too intimidated uh, to go on stage or even to tryouts. Um, I, I never even did it um, in high school. Uh, excuse me, in college I wanted to, but I, I, I lost my nerve. It was uh, to, to, I forgot what trial I was going to when I was basically going right through the door and then I turned around and left at the last minute. I just didn't have the nerve to go through with it. But um, it was um, only after graduation uh, from high school. I, I think what helped me out was working at the library too. Um, it made me a little more outgoing, but, um, I always admired people that uh, performed on, on stage. And eventually when I did get my foot in through the door at little theater, um, I just, I just fell in love with it. It was, and for a while there was one show after the other. I just became, sure. yeah. as you, as you, all of you know, right. you become intoxicated with it. Yeah. 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 Very true. Yeah. I'd argue that being an artist is, um, more anxiety inducing. For me, than being on stage, I've sung in a band. I've played uh, instruments in in bands performing for audiences in symphony orchestras. I've been on stage in a straight play. I've been on stage in musicals. But um, I, I've started painting in the last few years, and showing anyone those paintings, I feel more vulnerable than I do on stage acting ever. Really? Absolutely. Okay, I'm I'm just the opposite. <laughs> because when I'm on stage, if someone comes and it's not you know it's not the best uh, show that they saw there's so many other aspects right you know other actors directors choreographers music directors blame can go in so many other places but if someone <laughs> looks at your painting or your creative work like a puppet yep. and they're like eh, that's all you yeah you know that's a good point you just brought out yeah yeah you can always <laughs> it's more, in it's an like ensemble a... you can always point to the other guy <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and I'm constantly pointing at Ryan <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. well if Ryan had landed the line correctly you know right <laughs> oh man no that's that's true. That you're, it's a very vulnerable thing. Oh, absolutely. I, I remember the first time I showed people, I was like shaking. I'm like, here you go. Here's my yeah. painting. And, and like it, it was received well, but it's still like something I, I pretty much keep very private for that yeah. reason. Yeah. See, I, I, I love um, uh, displaying my work. I just had a, well, my last show was two years ago at the Narrow Center, and I had 137 pieces there. Wow. Yeah, that, oh, was, wow. that was that was my biggest show with sculpture, paintings, and drawings. But I I love displaying uh, uh, love displaying my work. Well, uh, to me that's uh, it, it's I, I'm I'm showing myself. Sure, you know, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. How can we secure one of your original artworks for the one one seven here? Oh, oh I mean, yeah. I have a very big art wall. You know, you do. How, oh. how do we go about getting one of those on display if, upstairs? If you didn't notice upstairs, there's a lot of like actual like this is this is some, we got some posters, some flags here, but upstairs Jared has. Well, a you know something, I'll I'll remedy that. I'll I'll, I'll give you uh, I'll give you an original piece. Oh wow, yeah. wow, that'd yeah. be great. I'll, I'll have to, yeah, I'll, I would I'll, be honored. I'll find something for you and I'll I'll bring it back. My, That's amazing. I finally my you probably know my aunt Rochelle. She's a Fall River uh, art teacher for for many 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 years. Okay. Um, she actually just just retired, um, but I finally she just gave me one of her works, oh, and it's a okay. it's a flamingo, and I'm like I love this thing. I got to figure out where to put it. I don't know where to put it, but yeah, I am I I love art. Well, we'll make sure you get a piece. Awesome. That's true, yeah. <laughs> oh, so David, yes. you would say then that's a score, by the way. That Jared. is a score. That's like completely a score. I'm honored. Uh, so. Then art obviously was your first. Oh yes, was your and first it, and love. It still is, and it's yeah. So what is it? Do you remember, like, when you discovered the gift that you have? Like, do you remember the like? What's the first thing that you drew or you painted, and you were like, "Wow, this is actually pretty good." I I I don't actually remember. It's just something I have always done. Yeah. Um, I remember having a small table at home and. Um, just always drawing um, and, uh, and and with clay, which is uh, playing with clay, which is something I still do today. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I sculpt and I draw and I paint. Those are my, my, my three big passions. But it is, I, I can't remember a time when I never did anything like that. Yeah. Never went out for sports. 
Um, I, I wasn't very musically inclined, though. I, I did enjoy playing the trumpet when I was in elementary school, um, but you know, I wasn't good at it. But I liked it, you yeah. know. But uh, ev- everything was always art related for me, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, even as a young child, I like looking looking in through art books, and I liked going to uh, museums. Um, and I always wanted to be making something mm-hmm. that I was. I just had to always be making something. Yeah. And uh, to this day, uh, my wife will tell you, I never sit still. Even if it's just sitting in the living room, I'm always with a sketchbook or I'm always um, sculpting something or I'm always bringing something into the living room to carve or work on. And it drives her crazy because I can't, (laughs) I I just can't relax, you know? And I have a very small studio at home, which uh, I'm always in, you know, always working on something. But that's, that's, that's just me. I'm, I'm most happiest when I'm when I'm making something, yeah. You know, when I'm, uh, I'm when I'm creating something, or when I'm uh, in the process of planning something out, you know, always going to have something working on something, and then having something just down the road that I'm thinking of. That once I'm finished with this project, I haven't I have something else waiting for me, and um, and and I, I I'm always thrilled too when Little Theater will will give me a call and say, uh, you know, I'm just working on it. We're doing a show. I'll hear from a director. Um, and uh, what, what, I forget who put on um, Into the Woods. I was just gonna, I was going to mention. And they said, Into "Oh, the can you make us a cow?" I said, "Sure, I'll make you a cow." I, yep. had, <laughs> I wasn't familiar with the show, but I made the cow, and, the, and I made a couple of masks and yep. things. But I, I, I enjoy those challenges. I, I love the things like that, you know. And especially when it comes to putting something together out of nothing, when there's like no budget, and you just gotta grab whatever's at hand and and make it work and put it together and make. Make it function. I get a big thrill out of that. So. And you made the you made the puppet for the Ghost of Christmas yes. Future as well too. Yeah. So my question to you about that and about like the cow and the mask for the witch for Into the Woods. Now, when the direct when a director calls you and is like, "Can you do me this favor?" Do they give you a general guideline of what they want, or are they just like, "Here"? Yeah, this gen- is what we need you to make. Can yeah, you- a general guideline of because uh, I remember uh, for the cow it had there was a specific function. I, I can't remember what it had to do, but I, I had to make sure it did that. Yeah. Um. And but basically just looked like a cow, and uh, the the mask was generally left up to me. Yeah. And um, for over twenty years, I, I worked uh, for the um, uh, for Ryland Brenner at the um, Bristol Community College for BCC Theatre Rep. Okay. That's something I did for really over 20 years. Every um, season, uh, every year, he would do a, a show that would involve masks or unusual mm-hmm. props, and I would always be brought in to create the masks or the props for the show to um, give the students the experience of working with a mask and yeah. helping. And it was very interesting. It, it always... Um, put a mask in someone's hand and on their face and how it can just transform a person and make them emote more and bring out more of that character. So it was always a fascinating experience to watch these young um, actors beforehand uh, doing their performances and then don the mask and just see a little bit more themselves being let go and that character coming through. So that's something I did for like over 20 years at BCC. That was a lot of fun too. And that, that was, that was a, a really interesting experience. You know what I love about talking to you is that um, no, uh, let's see, no idea feels unwelcomed. You know, no idea seems trivial. Like I could bring up anything to you and you could explore it. And that that's kind of cool. Like we just talked about off air, we talked about Tony de Tarantula, the talking tarantula. And when some people might see that, hear you that, might right. be like, oh gosh, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You explored it. And like no. that's that's something that I think is so impactful for children in particular. Well, you've got to remember one thing about me. I'm a children's librarian. And, um, and there's that part of me that, I am a kid. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the child, it just never went away. And um, 
and and that's that's a good thing. But I, 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 you know, uh, I, I think that's a, a a good thing, good way to be. Um, one of the best things of uh, of children is their curiosity, mm-hmm. and um, and and curiosity is such a valuable thing. Um, it, it it's something you can take with you throughout your life. Everything is fascinating when you keep your sense of curiosity with you. Um, nothing is trivial, as you say. Nothing is simple. Uh, there's um, this beauty. There's there's fascination. There's interest found in in, in everything. Um, and, um, and, and that's the way, and, you know, as an artist, that's a, a good way to be, to keep that open mind about you. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that's just the way I, I've tried to be. Um, I, 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 I think it, I think it's just come natural, um, ever since I was a, a kid and, you know, being in the field that I am, just maintaining that curiosity. You, you see it in kids coming into the library. They're curious about everything. Every time they ask for a, a particular book, whether it be on a country or, or on um, you know a, a certain type of animal, um, you find yourself always learning along with them. So it keeps that spirit of uh, curiosity and and learning alive, which is another wonderful thing about working in a library. Yeah. You're always learning something. Oh yeah, whether you want to or not. Not, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, does Fall River have a like public access television station? Yes, yes, they do. Yeah. yeah. Have you? If I were the program director of whatever the station is, I would have given you a children's show <laughs> years oh, wow. ago. Yeah. Have Have you ever had any interest in doing that, what, or been approached, or anything? No. Well, what I what I do is uh, I have a book of the month club okay. that is uh, done on public access. Oh, okay. Where um, we do it monthly, where we'll uh, take new books or old favorites, mm-hmm. and I'll read them online to children. As a matter of fact, if you go, sometimes we even go so far as to take a, an entire theme like dinosaurs or certain holidays. Um, we did one where we're hunting for leprechauns in the library, and my staff and I will act, actually act out the whole story or, or, or do something expanding upon a book. Um, but there's a number of them that you can go on um, the library's website, or uh-huh. they're on YouTube, and you can check these out. They're a lot of fun. And um, how so, what would what would people search on YouTube for that? Um, I, I think you would look under uh, Fall River Public Library because uh, there's a, there's quite a few of them. Uh, one of my passions is Halloween. During COVID, the, the library was actually closed during that that particular October. And I generally go all out during Halloween. With uh, we we generally put on a, a, a program at the library where I involve uh, as many staff members as possible. Where we act out stories. People come in, and it's a little performance. It's been very big for a number of years, but that year we could not do it. So we actually filmed the event, and oh, that's great. Uh, it was in the uh, in a haunted library and uh, we actually utilize the attic of the library which no one ever gets to see the basement which you could film a horror movie in and we did <laughs> and um, and it was very well received uh, by uh, by viewers and um, and we had the help of um, uh, mr. Sean Elliott which is a name oh, yep. I'm sure that you know and uh, he did lighting for us and sound and also um, uh, oh, I can't think of her name offhand, but also from the pu- public access station, we had a, a lot of assistance uh, putting it together, and uh, it created a, uh, was a really, really, really fun production, and you can see it online. That's that's, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. If you search Fall River Public Library on YouTube or at Fall River Library Org FRPL, you can see the whole feed of stories and book of the months. Yeah, yeah. And author talks as well. It, it, it looks like a really interesting. I am looking forward. Yeah, to, there's yeah, a lot there. Too. Playing this at home, and they're fun. You know. Yeah. I I have uh, some parents uh, that come in and say, oh, when before the kids go to bed at night, they'll ask to see you. Uh, they'll 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 play one of the stories their favorite stories, and they'll listen to me before they go to bed. So, which is kind of fun. <laughs> that is that is fun. You know, and that that kind of that that's a great segue into. I texted Ryan last night, yes, and I did. and I said, I said, if you take the top ten most 
influential people in Fall River's history on the youth, like you are near the top of. Oh no! You have no. I, you really have because you've you've just thinking of kids wanting to hear a story from you before going to bed. Joe and I grew up going mm-hmm. to hear you read to us. I mean, that is so impactful on so many kids. And I think how many kids became artists because of you um, or just embraced literature or, or even if they never became anything like that, that was a great moment for them to, to explore uh, creativity. And, and I seriously think there's thousands of children and adults now who have grown up listening to you and like, that's, that's a huge accomplishment. And you obviously, obviously you're humble and, and we, we appreciate that too, but like, it's true. It, it really is. Well, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even want to talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, but like next subject. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, I didn't grow up in Fall River, but yeah. just playing off of what Jared said, and you know, knowing your impact on the community, it, how often do you get recognized by anybody that's like, "Hey, I remember you," or you know? So if you look at it in that in terms like yeah. that, you definitely have touched a lot of people's lives no. my wife has grew up about uh two hours away from here in connecticut in that same small town mm-hmm. that the theater uh she worked for for a little while uh was and um she went to stonehill and at stonehill she met holly cardoza who's been on the podcast mm-hmm. um and holly got her to come and help out with um a show as like a changer because trisha was involved in uh stonehill's theater program so she came down, and I think it was for Annie was her first uh, hairspray. Hairspray was it? Yep. Um, but she she was in Annie. I think it was the first show she was in. Right, but it was so Annie was the first show, like maybe the second show she was a part of. Yeah. Um, and she says um, that she remembers one of the first rehearsals being there and and David walking in mm-hmm. and then she was sitting like in in the audience at the theater for rehearsal and she says all of a sudden all the little kids go it's the library man <laughs> 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 and she, she like she didn't understand what it was but now Aww. she's bringing our kids to the library every Wednesday and I'm like oh you got to go to the Fall Republic Library she's like oh your cousin goes to Somerset I'm like go to the Fall Republic Library please just look at that building first and now she won't go anywhere else because it's a gorgeous building if you've never been in it Ryan I have never marble columns it's really? gorgeous gorgeous yeah. um, I've spent many hours going through microfilm there <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, um, but like she takes her kids every Wednesday now for about two hours in the morning. Um, that's great to, to just be to in see there. the library, man. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Oh. So it's all about that's that, yeah, that's great. Was your first? So you said that you went to school for illustration. Mm-hmm. Was your actually? I have like a ton of questions I could ask about this. You know what? The first one, since we're talking about books, I'm going to curb the other question. Have you ever? Had Chris Van Allsburg come to no, the Fall River Public? because no, he lives in Providence, doesn't he? Oh yes, he? He, he's a he's very um, he doesn't do that many interviews at oh, all. Oh really? Doesn't do that many interviews? Does not do many public appearances. Um, he's a kind of a reclusive fellow. Oh okay. Um, and um, a great great talent. I, oh, I, yeah. I love his work. His his uh, his books are so unique. Yes, um, I've had the opportunity to see uh, act- uh, some of his actual um, uh, drawings for for many of his books at uh, several um, uh, several galleries that um, that um, uh, that showed his pieces and to see them in the in the flesh, they are incredible. Um, he is one artist uh, when he first came out. He influenced so many um, mm-hmm. children's book, not only writers, but um, but illustrators, and the way they uh, uh, they displayed perspectives, and uh, the, the the way the, um, the the way they handled uh, storylines, because yeah. his stories are very unusual, very surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 they're very entertaining, but they also make you think an awful lot. And um, his influence uh, can't be um, uh, can't be underestimated. Um, and just just real quick, anybody that doesn't, Chris Van Allsburg is responsible for the Polar, Polar Express, Express. Uh, oh. Jumanji, right? Jumanji, the Zathura. Witch's Broom, yep. Zathra, yep. so oh, so many others. Yes. Yep. 
Um, and wow. uh, well, I remember the first time I, I went to see um, um, his uh, actual artwork. And you know, you're, you, you, uh, I, I was so excited to go to it was um, uh, it was Newport, the Newport Illustrators oh, Society, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, you're used to holding the book in your hand and looking at the details and, you know, you have this little book. Well, when I, I went to the, the gallery, the, these these drawings are huge. Yeah. They're colossal. Um, and the amount of detail. And um, and he he was actually, um, uh, Chris Van Allsburg was actually a sculptor. So you can see the, look at these pieces and you can see the sculptural quality of the of the drawings is so well-rounded, the sense of depth, the sense, sense of uh, perspective that he puts, puts into all these drawings. He introduced so many uh, complex um, uh, art, artistic a- attributes in, into his paintings and, and drawings, you know? Something that was, uh, you know... He, you, you didn't see uh, until this point. You know, many times illustrators will illustrate for for kids. You know, and he was almost like illustrating for uh, uh, adults in a in a way. Huh. Um, so uh, his work is is just remarkable. Oh yeah. Um, is is that what you initially like? Was that your initial dream? Was to be an illustrator? Oh, yeah, uh, I, I wanted to do children's books. and I, You wanted to do children's uh, yeah, books? Yeah, and, okay. and I, I tried. It was just a very hard field to break into. I, I sent work out to various publishers, and uh, you got to have a very thick skin uh-huh. um, for the field, and uh, I just let it go by the wayside. Yeah. It, but I, I get a lot of pleasure from doing the type of pieces I do as well. Is it but, something um, you think you'd ever want to bring back or or no? Is it kind of no, that ship No, I, I, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, I, I found my own little niche in a way. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm happy doing what I do. Um, but yeah, for, for a while though, it, it's what I wanted to do. I wanted uh-huh. to be an, uh, a children's book illustrator. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's such and it's a, it's such a wonderful field. Uh, I mean, um, you've got so many it's never been a more exciting time for children's books because you see some really dynamic um illustrators coming out now and just the creativity that goes into children's books yeah. at this time um and and as you can see it's a field where everybody wants to get into you have uh-huh. you have actors uh, Jimmy Farrell uh, just has done two or three of them um you have Jamie Lee Curtis who's maybe on her fifth children's books um, you, you have, um, uh, you have, uh, has a book yeah, out. Ted Kennedy before he passed away. Yep. Everybody wants to get into the field. Uh, it's, um, um, and it's a great way of, of, of reaching, uh, reaching young, young minds, you know? Yeah, definitely. And puppeteering? Is Pup- that, that's something oh, yeah, that you I, also do as I, well. I always loved puppeteering. I always loved puppets. Yes. And, uh, when, um. As as we for this show, there is a puppet in it. Yeah, and um, I had approached early on when, um, even before um, I became a cast member, I, I went up to Aaron and I said, "What's your thoughts for the Ghost of Christmas uh, uh, yet to come?" And he said, "Well, I'm looking for, at a puppet." I said, "Oh, great! That's what I was thinking of." And you know, would you let me do it? You yeah. Know? And he was open to that, which was great. And then when he later came up to me, I, I was I thought I was going to be making the puppet for somebody else. And when I said, well, I'm going to start working on it. I've got a design for it. And uh-huh. who's going to be the puppet so I can make it around them? He said, you are. <laughs> there and you that go. Was, I, and that was great. I just love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it's it's like creepy, too. I haven't too. seen it yet. I'm no. excited oh, to yeah. see it. Hopefully, it'll be all together within the next couple of days. I'm awakening. Is there uh, still but, more oh, to there's, it? There's more to it. Really? A, a gown that has to go underneath it, yes. It's... it's yeah. uh. It's real, like I, yeah. <laughs> it 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 made me like do a double take. I was like, wow. Yeah. Like yeah. it's really just like how you have the. I mean, this is gonna come out after the show is already sure. up, so there's no spoilers <laughs> here or anything. But like how you had the face. With all like what seems like multiple eyes almost. Yeah, all little lights. All inside. the little yes, lights yeah, inside yeah, the yeah. face. And it's just like 
I was just uh, it. I was taken aback by it, so yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. So uh, kudos to ho- you on hopefully, that. Hopefully, the audience will will uh, will be impacted by it too when yeah. it first appears. Yeah. yeah. But it's fun. It's it's fun to work with puppets. Do you do puppet? You do puppet shows at the library? Oh yes, yes. Done a yeah. lot of them over the years. Yeah, yeah. Many, many of them. Yeah. Making the puppets, putting on the shows. Yeah. It's part of the uh, thrill of the job. You yeah. Know? And, uh, and kids love it. Kids act absolutely love oh, it. Oh, they yeah. Of course yeah. they do. I- you um, did you give David the puppets for Puffs the play that just happened? Yes, that's right. He, he, he yeah, he they, borrowed some of the puppets from the library. Yes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, we have a huge puppet collection. Do you really? really? Oh yes, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. And my, one one thing I I got involved in uh, quite a few years ago. My my true fasci- fascination with puppets is shadow puppetry. Which I do a lot of. Oh. And I used to, um, up until recently, just before COVID came along, I would do a lot of, I'd be on the road. That was something I would do on the side. I would do go to different library schools and I would put on shadow puppet shows. Really? Adapting uh, favorite uh, uh, favorite folk tales of mine. And especially uh, uh, Halloween, it works out really, really, really well. Sure. Ghost stories. And uh, uh-huh. with a, this shadow puppet booth that would uh, travel around with me and I, I'd put on these shows and I still do it at the library but uh, that's my main uh, source of fascination is uh, just shadow puppetry it's an art form that goes back uh, all the way back to the ancient egyptians made more popular by um by the chinese and the japanese but it's a it's an art form that still is carried out today that's fascinating puppeteering i think i mentioned this on the podcast before the puppeteering was my first foray into performance I used to do um, oh, an after school yep. or a school time program. I think Mimi Rogers, does that name sound familiar? Oh, the kids on the block. Yes. Yes, I, we I was, had them at the library many, many times. I did kids on the block for about three years. Oh, that was wonderful. Well, that was, was a, a wonderful of, program. We'd go to elementary schools and perform. It was It was like a lot of fun. Yeah, we had them at the library. As a matter of fact, the, uh, the last performance was at the Fall River Public Library. Is that right? Yeah, before the funding was cut, which was a sad, sad thing. Yeah. What a wonderful program that was! What a wonderful message it brought to the to the oh. community, and um, and um, it was it was great because kids are relatable to puppets. You know, mm-hmm. um, they'll they'll share with a puppet what they can't with a, an adult, and uh, yeah, I missed the program. It was our first experience, like performing and in kind of seeing people react to that performance yeah. almost directly, and in. I had seen it as a student in elementary school, so it was, it was a lot of fun to be able yeah. to be a part of it. Yeah, that's super and, cool. And, and now I'm looking forward to a, a puppet show at, at Little Theater, hopefully one day. That would be yes. cool. Oh, that would be fantastic. I, I, I would love to do Avenue Q. Avenue Q would be great. Have you ever seen or heard of the show? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> not a kids show. That's no, for sure. No, no not at all. <laughs> no, nope. it's it's like an adult. Uh, uh, it's a, it's the. Major storyline is about one particular puppet trying to find their purpose after college. Okay, so it is—it's not a kids show because mm-hmm. it has not a lot of all. like graphic content to it. Sure, but it's about these adults trying to find their way, yeah. and so it's essentially like a Sesame Street, like a like a uh, Muppets show where mm-hmm. they're trying to help in a way, but in a very comedic right, uh, adult right. way of doing it. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. I was always fascinated by the work of Julie Timor. If, uh, yeah, she um, she was the designer for um, uh, the costumes uh, for you'd know her as the designer for the costumes of uh, the Lion King. Oh, uh, okay. Disney's okay. adaptation. Gorgeous. Well, uh, she um, she studied overseas. Uh, went to Sri Lanka, China, Japan. She learned the arts of uh, mask making and puppetry from all these different cultures, and then she uh, uh, she did many um, shows on Broadway and off Broadway, where there was not a single cast member. It was just all these shows. She did a lot of Shakespeare too, um, just through puppetry wow. and wow. Um, some incredible, incredible works that um, uh, that she. she that she did um and it just just a different way of seeing um familiar uh, familiar stories being told but not with actors but right. with but uh, with with puppets and there are things you can do with puppets that you can't do with actors you know yeah Absolutely. yeah and i think so. puppetry is becoming one of those things where you know when i was a kid it was exclusively for kids for the oh, most part oh not anymore and yeah. yeah now it's it's very like like shannon is 
she loves puppets. Every I, I bet every social media account she follows is puppets. Like really, she <laughs> loves puppets. She she actually subscribes to this like this this Instagram puppet thing where they like send her cards once a month. She <laughs> loves wow. puppetry. Oh, really wow, cool. um, and loves puppets. And I think there's I just think there's a ton of adults who love puppetry as well, and they appreciate it. They think it's a fun form of entertainment. Right, and it's just like comforting maybe for a lot of people too yeah. to hear stories or see little puppet characters and be like i love that little thing you know yeah. people don't know this but this is actually a puppet podcast we're all talking <laughs> <laughs> as puppets but because it's audio you can't see you can't exactly see. Yeah, we're exactly. trying a new thing you know <laughs> that's funny oh man so i think we're gonna we have to wrap up but one of the last questions that I wanted to ask you was who was somebody in your life? Because you probably, and we touched on this, you've planted the seed of creativity in kids' lives and been an influence in, in, in their lives. So whether who, you like it or not. Yeah, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so who was it for you that really encouraged you to become the artist that you are? Well, I, I have to say, I, I, it's something I've, I've thought about over the past few years. One, one person I have to credit is my father, uh, simply because my father always liked making things with his hands. He was a wood carver, um, not, not by profession, this was just his hobby. Mm -hmm. But he was another person like myself who just couldn't sit still. He loved making things. He would carve birds. He would carve figures. He would carve Native American figures. And from a small child, I would watch him with a knife and just watch him shape these things. And and that that was magic. Mm -hmm. That was absolute magic to me. And he was also a wonderful painter who would paint images on plaques. And I would watch him and I would try to, you know, you always try to emulate your dad. Mm -hmm. And um, in the house where I grew up, it, in his uh, workshop was the basement, and I'd go down there and I'd watch him working on his thing after after supper, after work, and uh, just watch these pieces evolve. And um, and how cool is that to make something that's beautiful from absolutely nothing, using only your hands, using only the the, the spare tools and um, pieces of wood that he had lying around. And I still have these, I've lost my dad uh, four years ago, but um, I still have these pieces by him. And I, I look at them and I, uh, pieces that I remember him making when I was a child, and they still bring out that same fascination for me when I look at them now. They're like, they're just like pure magic for me. And, um, and so definitely my dad. And then I was very lucky to meet a, a gentleman in um, at Durfee, um, uh, Thomas Tavares. Uh, he was a um, uh, an art teacher there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was so influential on me. He was an art teacher that was kind of ahead of his time. He did not... Um, <laughs> he, would, he would teach the necessary courses, but he'd be... Um, always at his drafting table working on his own pieces. Well, he would give the assignment and then he'd be there, but he'd be working on his own pieces. And I would go up and I'd watch this man working on these, and it was unusual items. He was, he was what you would call a surrealist. But he was so talented and he would talk to me about what he was doing and the tools that he was using, which was not the tools that we were necessarily using in the classroom. But I would watch him draw and I would watch his, his style develop and he would talk to me like an artist, not like a student. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess he saw that I, I was very, very – and he was such an encouraging um, influence on me. Um, and I remember buildings being allowed to use the um, uh, the art room after uh, after hours at school or when other kids, when the lunch had their spare time, uh, what would they call it, uh, homeroom periods or whatever. Free I would blocks, go to, study, yes, study halls, I yeah. would go to the art room and I'd be working on projects that I would have. And he was just so very encouraging to me. Um, and, um, so he, he definitely, uh, uh, you know, you have those teachers yeah. that stand out in your life. Mm -hmm. He was definitely, definitely one of them. That's great. 
Well, kudos to the two of them <laughs> for for uh, influencing no, I- you. So that's great. Um, and so I don't. I, we're at the part of the podcast, and I don't think you've heard any episodes, and that's totally fine. But we call this the quick change. Okay. okay? And it's just going to be some rapid fire questions that I, you just are going to have to. You have a minute, not for each question, but for okay. the total block of questions. Okay. And just answer the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. Okay. So the timer, Joe has the timer, and it will start when I am done with so the first it's, question. Is it a minute altogether? A minute, a minute altogether, altogether. Yeah. yes. Okay. So whatever, whatever comes to mind. I'm short of breath here, but okay. <laughs> All right, so here we are. This is everyone's favorite minute of the podcast, The Quick Change with David Mello. All right, David, pick one of the three, drawing, painting, or sculpting. Sculpting. What is your favorite musical of all time? Man of La Mancha. What is your favorite play of all time? Arsenic and Old Lace. What is the first show that you saw on Broadway? The Phantom of the Opera. What is the next show that you would like to see on Broadway? Man of La Mancha. Who would play you in the movie of your life? Oh, we'd have to dig him up. Vincent Price. Oh, great <laughs> choice. Great choice. What is your favorite children's book of all time? Favorite children's book? Oh, that is that's a tough one. Um, it would have to be children's book. It would have to be uh, um, yeah. It, 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 it would definitely have to be um, uh, where the wild things are. I just love that one. That's a great one. Yeah. I imagine that's the minute. That's the minute. All right. <laughs> the last thing for you, because if I don't ask this question then Jared scolds me afterwards because yes. it's his favorite question. Yes. What is it? What's the piece of advice? And it can be as simple as one word or you know whatever you want, whatever you want it to be. What is the piece of advice that you would give to young, inspiring, aspire, excuse me, aspiring artists? Find everything interesting. Look for ways uh, to fascinate yourself. And find everything interesting. Find a little bit of something in everything that's interesting and and just go with it. Never allow yourself to become bored. I, I love it. That's terrific. That's that's great advice. Thank you so much for being here today. This was honestly, this was this is I'm gonna say it. This is a top five episode for me personally uh, i'm i'm actually leaving the podcast after this episode, <laughs> can't this, this, is, this is peaked but well, uh, but honestly thank you so thank much, you so much well, I, no really thank you very much for having me this was a lot of fun i didn't know i i, I just thought i was going to be reading the night before christmas oh. i didn't know it was going to be centered on me but um but thank you very much this was great yeah, yeah. thank you so much thanks Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a good night.